What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of It Is What It Is, 8bit.net's news and current affairs podcast. Each and every week, we are bringing you all our takes on all the news you need to know about. No subject is off limits and no take is too hot. I am your host, Jack Cruz, and joining me this week, host of Pleasure Explosion, the Kiwi Karate Kid. It's my boy, Thomas Marshall. I was I was a little bit excited originally when you asked me about coming on this week. I was like, oh, mm. I'm going to be the first repeat guest. But then I remembered that uh, that Jono was in Jono. there with, with yep. DJ as well. DJ, um, yep. it, After about a week of thinking, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have this mantle of first one to come back, to, like oh, uh, yeah. second, second appearance. But yeah, no, yep. Jono got it in like week three. Um, yeah. I guess well you can you're the the first repeat like no, like not normal episode but I guess like normal standard recording mm. episode of like a duo like Jono's was a uh, the special sort of uh, recording in the radio studio with DJ um, which was awesome mm. but um, uh, I, I think you can I think you're you'll be you're you're you along with Jono are probably the most probably um, going to be the most regular returners to the um to the show um and i hope everyone is okay with that oh yeah i'm sure it is it's good like it's it's actually quite good this show having like so many different people to be able to choose from and so many different um like varieties of opinions and Mm. guests and stuff like benny last week was awesome because he's he's like he's like older than us and so he's got that sort of is that generational change in his like opinions and the way he talks about things and that and it's a really cool contrast to like how how I talk and how we talk yeah and then like we had Sammy the week before who's just fucking crazy <laughs> um, shout out to Sammy as well I think he's in hospital I saw he's got like some fucked up blood sugar or mm. something so um, all the best to you Sammy Deej hope you hope for a speedy recovery everyone here at the Eight Bit Collective but um but that's no, awesome like it's it's cool having so many different you know. Uh, varying opinions and that, but um, I've got what's the whole thing about like like f- like com- being comfortable like f- with familiar familiar la- there. F- we are recording on. A f- I shouldn't make note. We are recording in the morning, so we're both a little bit late late nights last night, early starts. So we're both a bit fried. Far Cry Five, <laughs> Far Cry Five, young child, um, all the, all of the above. Um, it's it's nice to have like the familiarity. Famili- help me out. What's the word? Familiarity. Famili- familiarity of like yourself and Jono to like you know fall back mm. on every now and then it's nice and comfortable mm. um next week we've got buddy watson though so oh awesome yeah it could be our first dud we never know no, <laughs> <laughs> no i do buddy not will, expect buddy, that will buddy even even slightly he'll uh, he'll be great no. i'm i'm looking forward to that buddy now that you say it mm-hmm. buddy's a cracker now as a as I just said, obviously, um, I'm quite familiar with you. I'm quite comfortable with you. I know you very well, intimately, some might say. However... I would say intimately. I would as well. <laughs> I don't believe that I... And I, I only just realised this a few weeks ago when I had Ali on. I've never really gotten... I had never gotten in the first like half a dozen episodes anyone to introduce who they were and like where they're from a little mm. bit about themselves. It's just kind of like had you on. And for like the APIC Collective, they might not have followed the Explosion Network. <clears throat> they might mm. not know who you are. So give us a little bit of who is your daddy and what does he do? I didn't prepare an elevator pitch for this, but... No, that's fine. Um, you shouldn't need to. You just tell us about yourself. Yeah, a little bit about me. Um, my podcast career started with you, Jack, at the Explosion Network that we uh, we started, set up with a, a bunch of other friends after mm. um, RTX Sydney of last year, right? Yeah, yeah. 2017. 
Um, yeah, and, it, and we've had sort of a, a wild 14, 16 months or whatever um, and, and having a great time. So I, as mm. you say, I post Pleasure Explosion now after a little bit of a shake-up earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm permanently on that show and um, also Tales of Thaldon. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons show, which is is actually quite fun. The first mm. time I played Dungeons and Dragons, and a- apparently that's noticeable. Um, <laughs> uh, I yeah. um, I uh, I haven't. I've listened to I think about the first twenty five minutes of the like the prologue episode, mm. and um, and so on. I'm, I've got to get back to Tales of Thaldon to to listen through and see what it's all about. But um, you'll uh, be about five minutes away from where I cut in, I think. Oh um, really? Yeah. So the the prologue is sort of we recorded um, three pieces of the pro- prologue separately, um, mm. one for each of the three main characters that then mm-hmm. were all edited together um, mm. to to sort of make sense. And then oh. in episode one, we actually meet one another as characters for the first time and and try and figure out who's who and what's what mm. going on. Um, but listeners then have a little bit of uh, context a little bit of background preamble kind of thing that's cool uh, it's, it's a masterful job that dylan's done editing it all together i've seen some of like the work in progress as he was doing drop like obviously i was privy to what was going on in the background at the time um because mm. of obviously being in the network at the time and seeing him you know kill himself over the editing <laughs> so, um he's done a he's done a from what i can tell Bang, he's done a great job, job with the, yeah. the sound effects and, and stuff like that so it's a it's a fair effort mm. um but I will. I would like to get to that. And and and, and how are you, Tom? Like how how's great how's things? Yeah. Yep. Apart from uh, as you touched on my body deciding that um, because it's it's Friday, it's time to wake up at normal <laughs> oh, work Friday, no. even though we've got yeah. the day off. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little tired because mm. I was up until two thirty in the morning. Um, actually, influenced somewhat by last week's episode with uh, with Benny, um, mm. you finished the story about with the story about Facebook, um, yes. and at two in the morning, oh. I thought it was a great idea to go and unlike a bunch of pages and remove uh, <laughs> remove Facebook login from a whole bunch of apps that I did not recognise, and mm. over the course of the last ten years or something have have used. Um, so you guys did a little bit of good work, made a hopefully positive uh, change and influence on my life. So oh, I appreciate no, that. Like, Thank you. That's what we aim to do in, at this show. We're, we're a humanitarian um, organization here at 8-Bit. Um, I, uh, I, want, I just want to say, I, I, this morning, um, I, I, I was sitting with William on the couch in, in my room, in my man cave, sort of theater room sort of thing. And I'm like, do you want to watch a movie? And I know I can normally get about half an hour of out of him of like watching a movie like I got 40 minutes out of The Force Awakens with him sitting watching The Force Awakens with me and I was pretty happy with that mm. and he, he he sort of bailed um, and then this morning we were sort of flicking through I'm like oh do you want to watch a Star Wars because that was the last thing we watched we tried to watch a movie together mm. it's like yeah yeah let's watch Star Wars I'm flicking through typing Star Wars into the Netflix thing and um, the only ones that are on Netflix at the moment are Rogue One and Star Wars uh, Star Wars uh, Clone, Wars, Clone Wars the cartoon I'm like, ah, I don't really want to jump into the cartoon. And I'm like, Rogue One's probably a little bit too dark, especially that first scene. I'm yep. like, eh, I'm like, I don't really want to. And I'm like, but in like, so like when you type it in, it gives you like all the suggested. So there was like a Star Trek there and a couple of other things. And um, a couple of like blades down was the fifth element. Um, classic okay, movie, obviously. Yep. Mila Jovovich and uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Um, Gary Oldman. And um, I thought, 
fuck, I haven't watched The Fifth Element in over a decade, it would have to be. Like, and I'm like, this, I, I, I love like going back and watching movies that you used to, like you've watched them dozens of times as a kid and they're like adult movies, right? But you watch them dozens of times, you have them on VHS or whatever. Mm. And then you go back and watch them as an adult and you pick up so much. Mm. Like you pick up so many little things. And I look and I look and I'm like, I'm like, I probably can't watch that with William, you know. And I looked at it, it's a PG. Is it? Yeah. The, I, I'm going to say the two things that I remember about that film, and Miller one Jones I remember Richard. strongly, and one I remember relatively loosely. Mm. Strongly that she has red hair. Yes. And loosely, I'm pretty sure she gets her tits out. Uh, she does. Her very first scene, yeah. That's potentially as much of the movie that I've watched, because I, mm. I literally remember nothing else. And, mm. Yeah, PG strikes me as... Um, I was shocked, and so I thought, you know what? The rating system says that I can watch it with my son. You are guiding parental, him. I'm guiding him, parental guidance. So I flicked it on, and um, and he was, uh, he was sort of like, again, he lasted 25 minutes. So he did, we he, he didn't actually make it. He'd run off and started playing again before we got to the naked Milojovic scene, um, which was probably good. But he was sort of ca- uh, like captivated by like the first sort of 20 minutes of it with you know. All the different. It's very bright and colourful, and mm. there's a lot going on. And I have to say, and and you can't say this about a lot of like, um, you know, nine eighties, nineties sci-fi. Absolutely holds up. Like, well. you, you can tell like some of the effects in that. You're like, like flying cars and shit. They look a bit dodgy, but as far as like the story and like the the tone and that kind of thing, like, oh, I was ama- like, I thought I'm like, oh god. I oftentimes you watch a movie that you haven't seen for a very long time, and it. Um, kind of spoils it for you a little bit because mm. you're like oh this doesn't hold up this doesn't this isn't great um and i've been presently pleasantly surprised in the last couple of weeks because last week i watched robin hood men in tights absolutely holds up and this week started watching the fifth element and it holds up i'm like fuck i forgot how good is this movie fifth go and watch the fifth element if you haven't and it's fucking awesome and it made me want to watch galarians the movie that came out last year even though it didn't review very well sort of that that same director oh um, um is that the one with the like the the two reasonably young kids. Mm. Yeah. Mm. In space. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, made me want to go and watch that, so I'll probably check that out at some point. But yeah, fifth element. Mm. So I'll uh, I'll note that for the long weekend. Mm. Very good. Very good. Uh, now Thomas, <clears throat> as is the case every week, it has been a massive week in news. Far too big to fit all of the stories into the show as uh, their own individual topics. So it's time for rapid fire news. I'm gonna throw headlines at you. I want quick one sentence responses hot takes word association you ready born ready excellent a french policeman sacrificed himself to save a hostage in a siege in an isis terrorist attack hero hmm. like I, I don't think there's too much more you can say that's that's outstanding i don't know yeah. if i don't know if i would be in a position to do some of the things that that mm. he did or the thing yeah. that he did um yeah, you, you never know until you're in that situation, but I think that's that's amazing. Mm, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, you hit the nail on the head, hero is absolutely the, the first um, the first word that comes in, into your mind when you think of this. What mm. a, like, a selfless, literally the most selfless, like, su- sacrificed himself mm. to save someone, so... Um, it saved yeah, multiple people, didn't he? Uh, well, it, his think- actions did because um, he... They had he had a few people hostage. <clears throat> he released it was like a um, it was a shopkeeper or something, one of the shop mm. girls, 
um, he released her to save, like he sacrificed himself, obviously swapped, swapped him out. And then they, he slit the cop's throat and sh- shot him. Um, and the gunshots set off, like they, so the SWAT team or whatever, like proceeded to yeah. come in after that. So that's, yeah, that's the chain the of events button. led to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a terribly tragic story, but mm. you know, like just hell of a human, yeah, hell of a human being. Absolutely. Mm. The next story, Julie Bishop has expelled two Russian diplomats from Australia due to the poisoning of Sergei Skripal. It's the, my sort of gut feel at the moment is why is this taking so long? Mm. We're sort of weeks down the path now. It, it took America a couple of weeks to, to get rid of people. Like if you're really yeah. that mad about it, it should be relatively easy to order them out. Mm. I, I imagine they, it has I, something to, I'm to not, do I'm with sure. um, due process and that kind of thing, like making sure they've got all, all the facts before they sort of jump to conclusions and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, um, yeah, we, it's, we a, have... it's a solid fortnight after, or so, mm. maybe even more after the UK did. And, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Process um, may be different, but. Maybe, um, possibly, yeah. Possibly. But um, yeah, it's, uh, we, are, we are most certainly now in the midst of a new Cold War. So frightening times <laughs> frightening times um oh. austin, austin bomber mark anthony condon referred to himself as a psychopath and showed no remorse in confession video recorded before blowing himself up i think that's reasonably tragic mm. um poor kid poor people that that were obviously hurt killed injured families affected mm. um the thing that gets me about that whole story is the reluctance of anyone to call it terrorism because he wasn't from yeah, the Middle brown East. Brown or black, he's, yeah. He, he's, yeah, he's, he's not brown, he's not a Muslim, therefore he is not a, a terrorist. Yeah, that's absolutely terrorism. That is not how it works. No, exactly. Yeah, he, he, is, yeah. A, he is a terrorist. Um, yeah. He was terrorizing the city for a period of time. Mm. Um yeah. What is the what is the hold on, I'm going to look this up. What is the actual dictionary definition of terrorism? Because I imagine you'd be able to terrorism. I, I'm assuming it's something about acts acts to incite terror uh, among people mm. and I am certain it doesn't have anything to do with uh, race, mm. religion. Oh. So the um the uh, okay, so I'm just trying to work out where this. I'm going to just type in definition because it gives the like. Okay, so the, as, as far as the Google dictionary goes, you know, type in a word into and it shoots out yeah. the dictionary. So, terrorism noun: the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. So I guess that's how they define it as terrorism mm. if it's politically motivated. M- maybe, um, yeah. That that could be it. It could be the political angle that he he yeah. didn't have an angle. He was just doing it. Just is is he then an anarchist or something like that, um, as opposed to a, a terrorist? He's just yeah. doing it for shits and giggles. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. If heaven and hell are a real place, the um the French police officers most certainly going to heaven, and this guy is going to the depths of Hades. Fact. Mm. Uh, next story: John Cena has actually now been confirmed to star as Duke Nukem. It is confirmed. Lock it in, Eddie. Why? John Cena. This is going to be so good. Why is this happening? No, nah, I'll tell you what, though. John Cena, he's got some chops, all right? He, he can act. He can do all right. He's got, he's got the some humor. biceps. 
fuck yeah. But I, I honestly, I think this movie works if they don't take it too seriously. If they make this like a cheesy, if they make this the Marine, but they just call it Duke Nukem, this movie is going to be shite. If they t- if they take this and they make it like, um, hoorah. You know, yeah, like he's this, like the wrestler, but like a comedy where he's like this washed up action hero dude who's just like, everyone's like, it's 2017 and he's still like, you the babes, hill to the king, baby. And yeah. like everyone just doesn't take him seriously. And then the aliens come and he's suddenly the, this flawed, um, you know, hero that society has forgotten about has to step up and, and take it, take on the aliens. If they play it like that and make it really self-aware... I think that it works and I think they can make it really funny because John Cena can has got good comic sort of timing mm. but if they try and make this like a action movie you know like in the purest sense of the word like you know um, it, it it fails I think I will be disappointed if consensus is this ends up being a better movie than Tomb Raider oh because I no. I did I did quite enjoy <laughs> Tomb Raider although can you imagine the outrage? You, you and Benny, well, Benny, I think it's seen it, wasn't hot on it, talking about uh, it last he, week. No, yeah, neither of us have seen uh, it, but he, he was sort of going anecdotally off, off yeah. what was... Um, we, we both were sort of not big fans of Black Panther. I think that's where we sort of came to <laughs> that's right. yeah. that conversation. Not spoiling that, like, Black Panther. Spoiling Black Panther, yes, which I uh, masterfully edited. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I thought, you know what, I'm such a bitch about spoilers. I'm like, I can't... I can't spoil a movie that's still in the cinemas and leave it in there. Like in in all in good conscience, I can't do it. No. So um, I had to I had to take that that little bit out. Um, next story, and this is possibly my favorite. Joe Biden threatens to beat the hell out of Donald oh. Trump. It's on the one hand, it's a fantastic story, and <laughs> that is what we've come to expect from Joe Biden. <laughs> But oh yeah! At the same time, smoking Joe. Yep. He's he, he's lowering himself to mm. to Trump's level, and yep. I think he has he of anyone that's sort of a potential twenty 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 um, mm. candidate could could keep the high road, not say and do stupid shit like that, and perform really quite well, um, because I think broadly people like him. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a tiny bit of a shame, um, but I would pay to see uh, the two of them go at it. Oh, fuck And I yeah. anticipate Joe Biden would absolutely fuck him up. Joe Biden <laughs> would fuck him up. So Joe Biden's, I think, 75 and Trump's 71. And Trump <laughs> Trump responded I in... I don't think four years difference at that point no, in no, your no, life just... makes a huge no, amount no, no, of no, difference. No. I'm just, which I'm just is sort of setting the scene for, yeah. for everyone. But Trump, Trump responded in like the most you know trump way he's like oh he's like oh joe biden threatening me again he's like joe's actually weak physically and mentally you know like i just love i love i love joe biden like i legitimately have he's like he's like in the top 50 like man crushes that i have on people like gentlemen in the world like he's in there he's like he'd probably even break into the top 40 um but he's just he's like he's like i take him behind the like the bike sheds and kick his ass I'm like fuck yeah, Joe Biden. Like I don't condone violence, but if I'm gonna two, watch two seventy-year-old men fucking scrap at it, you're damn right. <laughs> you are the two seventy-year-old men that I want to watch. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, Tom, let's uh, let's kick on with the show.
I promised and you shall receive. Stormy Daniels had a much anticipated 60 Minutes interview this past week with Anderson Cooper. Risking million dollar fines in the process by breaking her NDA, she says she was forced to sign in the lead up to the 2016 presidential election. She revealed, among many things, that she had sex with Donald Trump. Oh, I shudder just saying that. But only once. He tried to seduce her with offers to appear on The Celebrity Apprentice. And when it became apparent that the Donald was just jerking her chain to get her into bed, she said, Adios, muchacho. Among the revelations, the most compelling seems to be that in 2011, when she, fir when she first time around decided to tell her story about the affair, she was approached by a man in Las Vegas who threatened her and said, Leave Trump alone. Forget the story. Like most things, Tom, this is a multifaceted issue. So what are your thoughts? Is this opportunism at play here? Or should Daniels be telling her story to the world, regardless of signing an NDA? It's an interesting one that sort of, it's straddling that political, personal line that's been touched mm. on on previous episodes um mm. I, I know you've talked about um with barnaby joyce wasn't it yeah um yeah yeah i like my my immediate reaction is he's like fucking neo in the matrix like all of these shots and he's just managing to dodge them all and it doesn't fucking matter that you would expect mm. him to any one of these bullets would take anybody else down but Mate, that's just that's not thing. that is it's just not that doing the, anything and oh, like, that is the crazy thing isn't it this like he like he's literally the fucking poster child for the me too movement and he's yep. the president of the United States. Like, how the fuck is this even? Like, I don't understand. Well, don't understand. but poster child for what caused the Me Too movement, as opposed yeah, yeah, to like, the poster yeah. child if, for if, it. But no, no, you know what I mean. You know yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and like I, I recognised sort of earlier in the week. Um, maybe I don't want to say I'm part of the problem, but but at least I. You assume that he's doing a terrible job, and you hear that he's doing a terrible job. Um, but I don't know what the job is that he set out to do. And I don't know how he's comparing against his own plan. Maybe he thinks he's doing a, a stunning job and it's going great. Oh, he, objectively, he clearly it, thinks he's doing a stunning job if you follow his Twitter. <laughs> objectively, it looks like he's doing... He's not even doing the job. Mm. Um and I, I don't know if that's like the, the media that we consume and their perspective on him and were Fox saying the exact same thing about Obama for eight years and yeah. were, were their viewers, consumers, listeners feeling like we feel now? Um, mm. I genuinely don't know, but, but it's hard to imagine that he's doing any good. No. I mean, it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, I think. I think... I think he has done, as far as, like, his policies and political... Like, he has done some good things. And we've spoken about it in the past. You know, he's... You know, you want to look at the war on ISIS. Like, he has had significant gains in, in that sort of space um, over in the Middle East. You want to talk about, like, the economy. Like, clearly, it's in... You know, for America, it's in a, it's in a stronger place than it was in the Obama administration. Mm. Um, on, on that, like, I guess the, the measure, or the measure that I would think is he hasn't tanked it and it hasn't all gone horribly wrong. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. sort of the unemployment and the, the growth and all that sort of stuff. There's, mm. there's has to be a period of time where this is the impact of Obama and it still happens into his yeah. term. Um, yeah. And then there, there must be a turning point. And I, I don't know if broadly that's three months, mm. six months, 
one year, 18 months or something like that. But I don't think we have seen some kind of huge, oh, huge it, downturn in yeah. general, and, and you know? Obviously, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I want to give mm. both, both sides of the story. And I think you have to give credit where credit's due in this situation and that, you know, he hasn't, like you said, he hasn't tanked it. Like, if, if, you, if you look back at, like, leading up to the presidential election... Um, and when he won, and there's quite a lot of um, hysteria and hyperbole, and, and rightfully so, people were terrified with how did this happen kind of thing, and, you know, that the world was going to end and the stock market's going to crash and things are going to go to hell, and it hasn't happened like that. Like, yeah. the things have gone to hell, but not quite to that level of what people thought. Um, I don't think, I think we're most, I think as a society, we're most definitely in a worse off place than we were before he was president. Um, I think that's undebatable. Mm. Um but I think, you know, as far as some things like the economy, and he's stuck to his guns as far as some things, um, you know, he has, you know, the the bringing, you know, business back to America, import and the export taxes and things like that, you know, he's he's made, he's stuck to his guns, I guess, as hmm. far as that goes. But um, I, I think, I, I, as far as, I mean, sort of back to the story. Yeah, yeah thing, back, th- back to the story, it just puts... <laughs> It's just an, another like dark lens over him yeah. that just makes you think worse of him. Yeah. I think, and, oh. and reading well, it's it's a, a he said she said, but mm. um, reading some of the things that that she said, he had said, mm. you just go, this is a this is an awful person. Yeah, like, oh, hundred percent. Oh, your uh, your wife gave birth. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, some no. weeks ago, oh, no, don't worry about that. We we sleep in separate rooms. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. She's just here for the money. Don't don't worry about it. He's a horrid human. Yeah. Um, I, I it's I think with the it's like I said, it is like most things multifaceted. Stormy Daniels is I I, I do believe that this is opportunism at play because she took, you know, she. She, she tried to tell the story back in 2011 and she says that she um, didn't because she was threatened. And I, I believe, I take her on her word on that. I do believe that she probably was and that, you know, well, she thought, held the story back. And um, No, she she did the interview, but, um, well, what what I thought or in, thought I read, she did the interview um, and then the people that interviewed her reached yeah, they, out to Trump for comment and yeah. then they came back and said, if you yeah, publish this, we'll sue. Yeah. And and, yeah, and that put it. the Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um but now it's come it's come out again. She took, you know, she took a hundred and what hundred and thirty thousand. The thing that the thing that, that leads me to believe that she was potentially scared for her safety is that she took the hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Like she's a, she comes across as quite an intelligent, you know, woman, right? Mm. She's not a she's not a nuffy. And surely you would know leading up to this this guy is about to become or he's leading you know president could potentially be president of the united states this story is going to be worth a lot more than one hundred thirty thousand dollars in and you know in a couple of years time yeah like people are going to pay you millions to tell this story and i imagine that 60 minutes i mean i don't know the story whether they did or not but i imagine they gave her a hefty amount mm. to to come on there probably you know several million dollars i would i would think because she's risking that just to spe- just to break the NDA. Yeah. Not that I, I don't think I think the NDA is null and void because um old Donny Donny Boy didn't sign it. Yeah, but, they're um, they're fighting that in a in a different legal battle. But um I mean it's just like you said it's just another thing to add to the list of you know this guy's a, a dingbat you know. And uh, my my favorite quote that I I did write coming out of that uh, apparently. 
Trump had said to her, you remind me of my daughter. Oh, yes, I know. I read that. Oh, and then he fucked her because of course he did. Because <laughs> of course he did. Oh, no. Oh, that's the yeah, closest that's... he was going to get. And mm. because we all know he wants to anyway. Oh, God. Jesus. That's a can of worms. I'm not sure I'm prepared to, to open. Um, but yeah, yeah. They, I, 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 I mean, it's, it's slightly hyper, hypercritical. Oh, my words are all over the place. Hypocritical of me to um obviously the, the barnaby joyce thing i said that um you know this is you know this is none of our business this doesn't you know affect us as far as that kind of thing this is slightly different in that one of the affected parties has come out and told the story like she's come out and and, and told her side of the story mm-hmm. whereas with the barnaby joyce thing it was leaked out it was the media getting hold of it and it coming out it wasn't you know his partner or him coming out with the story or his wife or anything like that it was it was the story was found out and then published. Yeah. Whereas this is an actual, you know, person who was a party to the affair, and um, and she's come out. Also on this, people talking about it like, oh, like it, oh, he, you know, he was having an affair with this woman. It's like he had a he had like a one night stand with her. Like he, I don't know that. And then text what is the definition of times or something? Yeah. Like what is the definition of an affair? Like I, I might when people say an affair, I'm like, oh, that's like, you know. Eight, behind the 18 back, eighteen months kinda. worth of dinners behind the back, and mm. yeah, buying it's, roses and jewelry and that yeah. kind of carry on. But it's it's not so much an affair as it is like a like he cheated on his wife. Obviously, that's that's non negotiable. But um, he he's just yeah, he's had a one night mm. stand and tried to continue, and she that hasn't gone on. I I don't it's just like, a case of semantics though. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's misleading. Like leading up to it, you know, when it's coming, oh, he's had an affair with this woman. He's had an affair with this woman. I'm thinking to myself, oh wow, this this was ongoing kind of thing. And then you read, you you know, you read the the 60 minutes interview, and it's one off. So I don't know. It's a it's an interesting one, but nevertheless, Tom, shall we move on, please? We spoke several weeks ago about the Never Again movement. Championed by the survivors of the Parkland, Florida school shooting, in which they are calling for gun reform and stricter laws. When we first discussed the movement, we pleaded that they must keep the conversation going. And they have. This past week, the movement evolved into hashtag March for Our Lives. Across the United States, thousands of people, kids and adults alike, marched on their state capitals to demand gun reform. They are well organized and well supported. They are loud and they are being heard. And they are vowing that if they don't get the change that they want from their politicians, they will vote them out. They are fighting for their lives. Tom. I think this, it's fantastic. Oh, this is like my favorite thing in the world right now. Yeah. Because the football hasn't started off as well as I would have hoped <laughs> this year. So this is like my... And then... Like Williams being a bit difficult, so this is now my night watch. Honestly, I love William; he's number one. But um, Far Cry this is not the- as good as you thought it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> still, still good, but not great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the best. I love yeah. that this is you know, and we spoke about this uh, with um, when Salim was on, and I made the point. I'm like, this feels different because after every other school shooting, after Sandy Hook, after Vegas, after you know all these other ones that have happened. It, the conversation stopped after a week. We moved on to the next news story. No one was talking about it anymore. Yeah. Now we are... When was it? It was what? the t- Five weeks ago. Five weeks ago. 
and as, it is yeah, as we, we are, as we record. Mm, I think it's five and a half weeks. Yeah, we are still having this conversation. It is still happening. They are not giving up, and it just makes me so goddamn happy mm. because that is what you need. And you know what? Nothing's going to change this year. Like you might get little reforms, and there's some real. But, uh, maybe shallow sort of things mm. happening as far as background checks and that kind of stuff and the ban on bump stocks is coming and I think that is massive yeah but this will take years but it will happen it, it distinctly feels like that now more so than thoughts and prayers mm. because thoughts and prayers haven't done anything um, yeah we've got very clear evidence of that over many many years and now mm. A little bit of action, uh, along with those thoughts and prayers, we're 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 seeing stuff. We're yeah. feeling things are different, which is yeah, which is fantastic. Uh, and I, again, probably a, a group of people that you could almost call heroes mm. um, oh, for for the way that they've stood up, the way that they've taken this on as their issue, and mm. sort of an issue of. Their generation, their yeah. generation, yes, their generation, yeah. our generation. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, my favorite sort of thing that they say is that, like, you know, if you guys don't fix this, I, we're going to be able to vote in a couple of years. Yeah. We're going to be able to vote in this amount of time. We're coming for you. Yeah. You know, your, your time is coming and we will vote you out. Like we are the next generation and we have had enough. Yeah. Like that is just the best. And do you know what? It means that, that when these guys are our age and they are the people who are coming up and they're the people that are, you know, becoming general managers and CEOs of businesses and they are coming up, they are going to be able to affect the change that they want. They're going to be the ones in control and they know it. This is the generation that, you know, some people sort of, and they are, you know, they're, they're precious and they're sensitive and they, you know, they, they throw their hands up and down and they jump up and down if they don't get their way, but they know what they want and they know how to get it and they know how to use things like social media and, and they know how to rally and, and Mm. make things go viral and influence. And like, this is the, like I spoke about, um, Oh God, I can't remember when it was, we were talking about, um, the, Oh, the 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 Courtney Kardashian when she tweeted about um one Chloe I don't know whatever one she was yeah um she tweeted about Snapchat I said we are in the you know we are living in the, the generation of the influencer where somebody's opinion like a, a semi celebrity's opinion can affect the stock market drastically and these kids know that that they're in that position where they can affect that kind of change just by having a voice and it's mm. it's quite powerful. Um, I think, though, one thing they need to be very careful of is not to, like, they, like, the court, so it was March for Our Lives. They've changed it now. It's called the um, the foundation or whatever it is that they're doing. It's called, they changed it now to Fight for Our Lives because the march is over now and now the fight continues. Like, we can continue mm. to fight for our lives. And I think they need to be um, careful not to turn this into, like, politi- political, like, attacking of, of yep. politicians they yep. don't want to alienate them because what they're going to do if they go too hard is they're going to, to you know people are just going to put their walls up and they're not going to want and it's going to make it harder for them i do believe they'll be able to get changed but they have to go about it the right way mm. and if they attack these politicians and go hard on them like they did with marco rubio and this kind of thing they will 
alienate more people than they'll get to than they'll bring into their cause they need to work with them they need to bring them onto their side they need to just be careful about that i think mm. it, it it can't end up being a left versus right thing no absolutely um, right which it easily has the opportunity to end up becoming um mm. if yeah for, for for a number of reasons it can easily be- go that way because that's the way that things go at the moment um but if if they can they can stay solid on that message and it being an issue for everyone mm. as in a, a, an entire national issue um yeah they've they've got the best chance out of anyone absolutely absolutely um it's just, it's a good, like, I'm just, it, 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 it heartens me to see that the conversation mm. is still going. That, that's sort of the, the main thing. And, you know, this march was huge. Like, again, they, I saw the, the picture, kind of, they, they posted a picture of, like, where it was in, in Washington and the Trump Millions of people, day. yeah. <laughs> right next to it. And they're like, and again, you know, mar- a rally, another rally is out, outdone Trump's. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think... I think you, if you look at someone like Donald Trump, and I, and I don't want to bring everything back to him like we, like we normally do, but he's generally the central figure to a lot of issues these days. If you look at things I think that he's truly threatened by, he stays silent on them. Yeah. So he, I don't believe that he is threatened by the whole Russia thing. I think that he thinks he's going to get away with that. I really do. And he probably will. Because there's too much, it's too hard to prove um, collusion and this kind of thing. It's 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 going to be very hard for them to pin something on him there, and that's why he tweets about it all the time because he knows that he's going to get away with it. Go and uh, just while you say that, go and listen to Embedded. It's an NPR okay. podcast. There are two episodes mm-hmm. about that whole thing. Really interesting. Okay. Um, I will listen yeah, to that. Yeah, high, highly recommended. Just Embedded because you said the word collusion. Mm. Um, and then, but then you look at stuff like. Stormy Daniels has not mentioned anything, has not even acknowledged it, staying very quiet on yeah. it, clearly threatened by it. And you look at this March on the weekend, did not say a peep, did not hear a tweet, nothing, um, stayed very quiet on it. So I do believe that he feels threatened by by these people. And so he should, you yeah. know, he, he should feel like that, you know, they want they want change and they're not going to take it anymore. No. And um, I think it's marvellous. I've uh, often... Well, not often, but far too often, thought mm. it ju- it just has to happen to the right person or the right people. Like mm. there has to the the catalyst had to be something that affected not the cap. It has to affect the right person. Like has yeah. to be a senator's son's school, or has mm. to be um, has to be in a mall where. Um, somebody's somebody in particular's wife was and she got shot or something something like yeah. that for some real movement to to happen mm-hmm. um, and we even saw there was the 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 shooting up of like an actual senator um at that, a baseball practice thing a few years ago that wasn't it but this is evidently mm. it the, yep. the right group of people's friends and the right group of people's children and and yep. all that sort of stuff seems to have seems to have come together um without it needing to be um ivanka trump got shot and killed in a mass shooting in new york or yeah. something like that for, for action to happen because that was yeah. sort of the level that 
yeah that you would expect it, it needs mm. some politician's family to get killed for someone to do uh, anything for, for them it. to think oh shit this is a, this is now an issue because it's hit me personally um mm. yeah but we, we we seem to have fingers crossed mm. got there yeah absolutely and um you know i think i think that like i i never thought that things would change after sandy hook and nothing happening then when the president of the united states is up on the the dais crying and saying we need change and nothing happened then when the president is saying they're going we need to change these gun laws and nothing happened i thought um we're never gonna get there's never nothing's gonna change but this this seems to be it and you know there's, like you said, the wrong pe- they they fucked with the wrong people this time, mm. and they had enough. They've had enough of it, um, and you, you know, it's it's great to see that the NRA is, um, you know, they they're clearly running scared. You know, they're losing partners. They're losing, you know, indoors. And this is this is the other thing. Like ninety percent of Americans are for gun reform. They're for tighter regulations. Mm. They're for these things. It's the NRA who are like loud and obnoxious, and they aren't against and saying ridiculous things like. Like there was, I can't remember who I don't know who it was, but there was a celebrity did a NRA video the other day and talking about like, uh, just basically talking trash on these kids and that the senator who came out and said, oh, they should be, you know, you know they should be learning CPR oh, instead of is that Rick Santorum um, I think yeah yeah something like that. yeah they sh- you know they should be learning CPR instead of marching or something like that like and I saw someone make a really interesting um, comparison they're like yeah we, sh- we should have um, yeah, instead of the TSA we should have taught everyone karate so they could take down the, the terrorists on the planes and stop 9-11 like it's like you fucking idiot yeah. like yeah teaching, teaching kids CPR is going to stop gun, gun fucking massacres you moron yeah yeah <sighs> it's very we much will, that that is it's, yeah it's we, will, we, will, we will keep following this one closely I think um, well, certainly and over the months and years, hopefully see a, a great resolution. Mm, absolutely. All right, Tom, let's round this thing out. <sighs> okay, Tom, get get comfortable. Oh, I, I don't need to speak for this one, do I? Uh, n- n- not yet, not for a bit. <laughs> so um, just uh, just bear with me. I feel ill. Disgraceful, despicable, deplorable, and all the other adjectives you could think of. The Australian people have been betrayed. By now, I'm sure everyone knows the story, but if you don't, here is how it played out for me. Late last Saturday night, I was heading to bed after a long stream and decided to give give Twitter a quick once-over before I laid my head down for the evening. I was about to close the app before I saw a tweet from English cricketer Kevin Peterson. The tweet read, This could be a massive story in a couple of hours. And the tweet itself contained a picture of what was seemingly an Australian cricket player with a foreign object in his hand. Surely this is nothing, I thought to myself. Another blow up. The South Africans trying to get under the Aussie skins. I couldn't have been more wrong. As the evening played out and then into the morning after, it was revealed that the player in question was the youngest in the Australian cricket team, Cameron Bancroft. And he, along with Captain Steve Smith and David Warner, conspired to alter the state of the ball with a foreign object. This is referred to ball tampering in cricket and is blatant cheating. Cheating. (sighs) To Steve Smith and Cameron Bancroft's credit, they owned up to the act straight away. 
They had to, as they had been caught red-handed. But that is about as far as the positivity goes in this situation. The horror. The betrayal. Our cricket captain. A cheat. The pecking order of the Commonwealth of Australia goes Queen of England, Prime Minister of Australia, and then Australian cricket captain. And ours is a cheat. We don't take kindly to cheating in this country. It goes against the very fabric of what we stand for, and we won't stand for this. People making the argument that other teams have cheated and their players haven't received the lengthy bans that ours did does not fly with me. Those teams are not Australian, and we won't cop it. Like many of the things discussed on this show, this is a multifaceted issue. Where to begin? The response by Cricket Australia CEO on the morning after the incident was, as described by myself at the time, weak as piss. James Sutherland has been meek in this whole process and has lacked any kind of conviction warranted of a man in his position. He must go. Now, we must take Cricket Australia at its word that coach Darren Lehman knew nothing of the incident. But regardless, he is culpable as well. He has fostered the attack dog, cocky, win-at-all-costs, take-no-prisoners, unsportsmanlike culture that has festered in the Australian cricket team for too long. And even though he apparently knew nothing of the conspiracy to cheat, it happened under his watch. Buff last night uh, resigned as coach of Australia. I don't think he had any other choice. Goodbye, Buff. To the cheaters themselves, the vice-captain, David Warner. We have tolerated David for a long time because of his prowess with the willow, but his career has never been short of controversy. If it's not out all night partying or getting into punch-ons with opposition players, it's getting involved in verbal stouches with opposition and fans. David Warner was never the right person to be Steve Smith's right-hand man. He has reportedly lost the trust of his teammates and has certainly worn out his welcome with the Australian public. For all his talent and achievements, this is certainly the straw that has broken the camel's back. We have had enough. Warner has been revealed to be the mastermind of the whole scandal. Unfortunately, I don't see David Warner ever pulling on the baggy green again, regardless of his talents. The perpetrator of the ball tampering itself, Cameron Bancroft. You can't help but feel for Cameron, the youngest player on the Australian team thrust into a position he couldn't walk away from by one of his senior leaders. As the youngest player in the team, he was thrown under the bus by his vice-captain and charged with the responsibility to cheat. Such a shame. A man so early in his career, only into his eighth test match, will now have to live with this forever. Unfortunately for Cam, the reality is he could have walked away, and he didn't. He's a grown man, a professional sports person, the master of his own destiny, and he chose his path even though he knew it was wrong. I don't see Cam Bancroft ever playing for Australia again. His spot was certainly not cemented in the team to start with, and being an opening batsman, there are far too many close to him that will go past him. A shame, but he made the choice to cheat. And then the captain, Stephen Smith. How could you do this to us? Smithy, smudge, our baby-faced captain. Thrust into a position of power before his time, with no steady heads around him to guide him. I've said many times before, Smith would go down as our greatest ever cricketer. That surely can't be true anymore, regardless of how many runs he scores. His ban is a lengthy one, and rightfully so. But he will return. He's too good a cricketer to not. 
But this is a stain he will wear for the rest of his life. How could you do this to us, Smudge? To your teammates, to your family, to your country. How could you allow this to happen? <sighs> you and your teammates betrayed everything that the Baggy Green stands for. They cheated. You cheated. Plain and simple. Whether you were the instigator or whether it was Warner, you were the captain and you could have said no. You broke our hearts and our spirits. Your days as captain are done, but your career can be salvaged. You owe it to us to make things right. What would the Don think? I heard someone on Talkback Radio declare that the hysteria around this incident was an opportunity to attack Cricket New South Wales. And I beg to differ. I think it's high time Cricket New South Wales copped its fair whack. Too long, these boys have had the run of it and not been held accountable. Stark, Hazelwood, Lyon, Warner, Smith, Cummins, all firebrands, all instigators. All New South Welshmen. And the stench of the mid-northern states dictatorship on cricket has to come to an end. Perhaps if we had more Victorians in the team, none of this would have happened. But that's a discussion for another day. I keep coming back to the thought of how could you be so stupid to think that you could get away with something so blatant. The punishments that have been handed down are harsh, yes, but well-deserved. Bancroft, nine months. Warner and Smith, 12. They will take their right whack and they may never recover. And as the lynch mobs rage on, we must remember one thing. These, are, these boys are just that, boys. And they are our boys. And they made a mistake. A grave mistake, but a mistake nonetheless. And people make mistakes. If there's one thing I know about Australians, we love a comeback. We love a redemption story. Our players have taken their punishment and they will serve their time. But we must not ostracize them. We must get around them. They did the wrong thing, but they are still our boys. And we must not hang them out to dry. Thomas. We in New Zealand know you've been cheats since uh, February 1981 with the underarm bowl <laughs> incident. So uh, I don't know why this came as such a surprise to you. That was a legal delivery at the time. And uh, Does it- that was... A- doesn't make it any less bullshit. No, it was definitely that was yeah that was the Trevor Chapel underarm is was the <laughs> was previously the darkest day in Australian cricket and this um this is certainly taking the cake. Mm. This um I've gone through and I know you're not a cricket guy so in, indulge me, which you already have for five minutes of that that little speech. I went through all range of emotions and you can sort of gauge that by the writing can, in this. It took me a few days to put this together. I can feel that. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, I went from shock, um, you know, then, like I said, I was lying in bed. I was just checking Twitter and I saw a tweet, a picture of the player with the sand. So basically what happened is that they used sandpaper to try and scuff up one side of the ball to create an artificial swing, um, which they call reverse swing. And um, it was just so blatant. Like he had, like, he didn't even, like the amount of cameras, like we caught a player trying to tamper with the ball a couple of years back. And he had a mint in his mouth, and we caught that on camera. A mint in his mouth, like we—they thought they were going to get away with having sandpaper in their hands. What, what um, was the mint incident? Did the mint have so, anything to do with it, or are you just saying that was the quality of the cameras? No, no, no. That was yeah. That had so he he was so the allegation was that the South African captain a couple of years ago was using you know um, like sugary saliva from the mint to alter the state of the ball, to put a, like an artificial shine on the ball. Oh, yeah. So you're allowed to use, you're allowed, you're allowed in cricket, 
you're allowed to use your saliva to shine the ball, hmm. but you can't use any foreign object. You can use your pants, you can use your hands, you can use your saliva, but you can't you can't use anything else. Yeah. And he had a big mint in his mouth and was using like was getting saliva out with his hand and rubbing it on the ball, yeah. which people were alleging was, um, you know, creating an artificial shine mm. on the ball. Um, okay. And I just, I, I looked at this tweet and I saw this and I thought, I felt sick. I thought, no, what is that? That's nothing. Like, this is just another blow up, just someone making a mountain out of a molehill. And they, it just, it went on and I saw the footage and I thought, this can't be true. This can't be right. And I wake up in the morning and there'd been a press conference and, and the the outrage was rightfully like there in the morning after people were calling for these guys' heads. Like I at the time was calling for the whole team to be sacked, sacked the whole coaching staff. This is, you know, the, the anger was there. Mm-hmm. Like we, this goes against the very fabric of what Australian sports people like, what we're about. Like we we play hard, but we play fair. I beg, we play I beg to the differ, rules. but that's all right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I, you know, I went from anger to sadness to anger again to now, like, just devastation. Like, mm. the, the boy, the, you know, the three boys have come home to Australia now. Um, we're recording this on Friday morning, Good Friday. They came home Thursday night. Cameron Bancroft landed in Perth and he spoke first and was clearly remorseful. And, and you do have to feel for Cam because he's, he's the youngest player in the team. He's been forced by a senior player to, you know, do to cheat. You know, mm. it's you know it's that whole thing like that. You know, in cricket, there's a position on the field called um, short leg, which is right next to the batsman, mm-hmm. and that's where the some thing with that is happens. It, no, 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 well, uh, yeah, well, yes, but not necessarily the the point I'm trying to make. The short leg is a place. It's it's a it's a danger, most dangerous spot you can field, okay. right? Because you're right, you're standing behind the batsman, and you're exposed if the batsman plays a shot like hits the ball towards you you can basically get smashed into the like it's it's a terrible play. it's the last place you want to field right you it's a very exposed to being physically hurt by a ball crashing into mm-hmm. you um and they always make the it, the thing with it is, is it's always the most junior player who's made to field there it's like a pecking order thing it's like that short no one wants to feel it short leg you have to feel it short leg and it was like that it's you're the youngest player you have to do this you go and do this here's the plan take the sandpaper scuff up the ball and um, you got to feel for Cameron Bancroft because uh, from all reports from people that know him, it's completely out of character. Um, it's not something that he, he stands for. It's not something that he would normally do. But he's been coaxed into it by a mm. senior player who's, who's, gone, who's gone off the deep end, you know, in David Warner. Um, Stephen Smith, you know, his press conference last night was really hard to watch. He, you know, he was in tears. This is a young kid, like, baby-faced kid, 28 years old, who's the captain of Australia, who's who could have been the best batsman we've ever had. And he very may well be as far as runs scored, but this is something he's going to have to live with. And as the, the reports and everything sort of filter out, um, it's becoming more apparent that he was less and less involved in, in the actual decision to cheat. He was aware of it, but he sort of, apparently the comment was made by him that, you know, when they were co- um, hatching the plan and during the lunch break, that he said, oh, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing. So he was privy to something happening, but didn't stop it and didn't get involved. And um, he could have, it's, he yeah. could have stopped it. That's that's not how that leadership position in the yeah. team works. And that's exactly. sort of true of and any team in any environment, mm. like not just sport or not just cricket. Yeah. Um, but do you know what? To his credit, 
he he has not shirked the responsibility. He fronted up to that press conference on the day that it happened, and he took responsibility for it. He, the man who has been um, identified as the instigator in this, the vice captain David Warner, has been. He didn't show up to that press conference. He, by all accounts, has been ostracised by his teammates. Um, he's like I said, he's worn out his welcome with the Australian people, most certainly. And um, he's he seems to be the chief instigator in this this uh, um, situation, and um, and I'm so disappointed in him, and that he hasn't fronted up either, that he hasn't shown up. Like you know, the other two boys fronted up last night as soon as they landed in Australia. Like Steve Smith was still at the airport. Um, it's just it's just a horrible horrible situation to to for your team to be cheats. And like, it's, oh, it's just hard to, to it's hard to cop. Mm. It's hard to cop. Um, you know, if, if I stood, if Grandstand Gurus was still a thing, um, then this would certainly win Flog of the Year. Um, <laughs> it'd have to. If, it'd even have up to. against Donald Trump, uh, Kieran and Ash again. Oh, yeah, I, I think it would, I think it would most certainly just fly past all of them. I mean, it's just, I just don't, like I can't, I just still can't understand like so much of it, like how blatant it was, and how how did you think you weren't going to get caught doing something so stupid? I mean, oh, it's just it's heartbreaking. It really is like, and it has shaken the fabric of this country. Like we we as a country are devastated. But like I said, you know, we can't hang these guys. Even David Warner, we can't lynch these guys. We can't hang them out to dry. Because they are still people and they are still our boys. And they made a mistake. They royally fucked up. Like, there's no excuse for it. And they will cop their bands. And, and, and a lot of people are saying the bands are too harsh. I think that this is a statement that Cricket Australia needed to make. Mm-hmm. If they were any less than what they are, then it would be, um, you know, they would be called weak and it would be a laughing stock. And it's like, oh, you did nothing about it again. Mm. This will ensure that no one will ever ball tamper again, at least playing for Australia. Mm. Um, but I don't know. We, we we have to we have to get around these boys. We have to cuddle them. We have to make sure that they're okay because they made a mistake and they know they made a mistake. We only had to watch those press conferences last night. You know, Steve Smith, the captain of Australia, in in tears, like delirious. Like you could tell he's just not in a good place. Um, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking for everyone, but. We we have to remember that these are these are our boys, mm. and we can't leave them out to dry. Well put, I think. Hmm. Oh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't. I mean, this isn't a sports show, but this is a this is a national issue. Even if you're not a cricket fan, this is you know this is a this is an Australian. This is a worldwide issue. You know, this isn't this this affects everyone um as far as cricket fans around the world and this cricket is our national sport you know it 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 um it transcends borders you know in australia we have the nrl and we have the afl and it's like you know the the northern states are nrl states and the southern states uh uh you know afl states and we there's the border lines and we don't cross them and everyone's just keeps on their sides and it's very territorial Cricket brings us all together, and this was just heartbreaking on so many levels. But 
We will recover. Steve Smith will be back. Like I said, I, I don't see David Warner coming back. I don't see Cameron Bancroft. Unfortunately, as bright as, as his career could have been, there's too many players around him that will go past him in the time he's out of the game. Um, Steve Smith is too good a cricketer not to come back. And I think he will come back. And I think he, redemption will be there. And, and he will he will be next when he the next time he walks out onto that field for Australia, he will be cheered, not booed. Because like I said, we love a redemption mm. story. The last thing I'm going to say on this, um, as of recording Friday morning, David Warner has yet to speak publicly. He put out a, a Instagram message, tweet or whatever to say, you know, he's sorry and this, that and the How other. How very millennial days. Yeah, I know. Um, and, but he hasn't, like the other boys fronted up. They, they, as soon as they landed in the country, they, he, they spoke. He hasn't spoken yet. And he said, you'll hear from him in a few days. So he very may well have spoken by the time this post, he very well may not have. What I want from David Warner, as it has been, it has been apparent, it has been made apparent that he was the instigator in this, that it was his idea. He hatched the plan. He forced, he, he whether he forced or, you know, he clearly influenced Cameron Bancroft to do it. He wouldn't have done it on his own account. What I want from David Warner and what I see is his only chance at redemption is to front up and own up to it and take responsibility, which is something he has seldom done in his career. Is to stand up and go, this was my idea. I made Cameron do it. Steve Smith had nothing to do with it. He fell on his sword because he's a good captain. It was my fault. It was my plan. I need to be punished, not these guys. That's what I want to see from David Warner. Um, whether that happens or not, I guess we'll find yeah. out in due time. For the moment, though, it is what it is, right? It is. It is what it is. First, the next, the, the last test match in the series starts today. Um, you know, three players have been flown over from um, Australia to replace the three that have that have been suspended. Coaches resigned. Um, it's just, it's just sad all round. It's just sad. How was the round. test match going? Otherwise, were you winning? Uh, the series, the series they, yeah. it's they're, they're, it's a four test series. They're up two one, so we can draw the series, um, uh, but uh, we can't win it outright. They can win it outright, but um, we'll soon find mm. out. Now, Tom, it's time for our iTunes review of the week. I forgot about that. Hmm. This week's review comes from Roland ninety one, and the title is "Hot Takes for All," and it reads, "Discovered." I-I-W-I-I via the 8-Bit Collective and it has quickly become one of my weekly must-listens. Jack is a great host who delivers an extremely polished product coupled with an insight that is second to none. Loving the rotating weekly guests as well. Thank you so much, Roland. I'll take it. That is, uh, yeah, they're very kind words. Every, every, all the reviews that are coming through, extremely kind. Um, everyone's being... Very sweet with their messages. Uh, I, I'm, uh, it does remind me them... you invited uh, people to write a shit one, so I'll I'll do that yeah. and hope that I get on the show uh, in, in the coming weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that, and, and that's the other thing. Like, I appreciate all the positive reviews, but if you've got something, you know, if you've got some constructive feedback you'd like to level at us, if you want to tell me that I'm an idiot that I'm wrong about something, please do leave a review. Let us know. You know, it helps us improve. Um, it also helps get the word out for the show, so it helps push us up in people's searches and that kind of thing. Um, and if you feel strong enough, uh, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Always open to having new people on the show. Most definitely. Mm. Most definitely. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of It Is What It Is. This has been a product of 8-Bit, and you can find all of our content over at 8-Bit.net. And you can follow us on Twitter, 
Thomas is at TomDeBomb89 everywhere but Snapchat. I am at Cruzy underscore mate and 8bit is at WeAre8bit on all of the socials. And like I said, if you've enjoyed the show, remember to head on over to iTunes, give us a subscribe, leave us a review. It does help get the word out about us and helps us be discoverable. Next week's guest, as I mentioned, is Review Culture's Body Watson. Body Watson. Body Watson. Buddy Watson. Buddy Watson. You can sort that out and edit. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> If you've got any questions for myself or Badwa uh, for next week, you can email us at hello at 8bit.net. Thomas, it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Never a chore. Never, never. Until next time, my friends, it is what it is. Bye.